Hey, this is Lowe with Soul Harbor, and you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler, your Silver Fox advisor and the founder of One Best Consult. I want to welcome you back. I've been uh, off for a considerable period of time. I ran into a little roadblock, got sick, had to be hospitalized, but I'm back on my feet now. Still a little wobbly, but we're getting back in it. And I am so excited to start the new year with a new opportunity and bring you for the eighth year in a row, the weekly business hour. So thank you for tuning in today. And you, if you're a regular listener, you know, but if you don't, uh, you're not a regular listener The Weekly Business Hour is where Montgomery County and businesses throughout the world come to talk about the latest in business news, ideas to improve your business, and to be part of the conversation that can make a real difference in your business today. I want to remind you that the Weekly Business Hour is broadcast live on YouTube and Facebook. All you need to do is look up the Weekly Business Hour, go to that, click, and you can watch as well as listen. So we have video, audio, everything's working well. Again, I am really excited to be with you today to talk about what's going on in business today. And obviously, the first thing, it's a new year, new opportunities, a reset for many people. Hopefully, you've got your business plans, your marketing plans, your great ideas, everything committed to, and you're ready to push that button and start it all rolling for the next 12 months. I want to mention, too, that the sponsor of today's show is OneBestConsult.com. That's a website that I founded where small business people can go exchange ideas, put up topics that they'd like to talk about. If you've got a business issue, you can post it, and then others are allowed to respond to it. So I encourage you to take a look at, and that's one, the number one, bestconsult.com. It was founded primarily around the idea of common sense business advice. Common sense, something a lot of folks think is lacking, uh, regardless of where you are in the pecking order of the business world. So please consider joining the community. There's no cost. If you want to talk with me directly and set up and become a regular mentor or mentoree relationship, I'm available through that website as well. And a reminder, as we go into the show or after the show, if you've got a question or a comment about the show, you've got a business question. You can always email it to me directly at one, that's again, the number one, bestconsult at gmail.com. Send me your emails. I love to get them. We talk about them on the show from time to time. So email me at onebestconsult at gmail.com. Well, at this point, it gets real easy. I always love to say that. All I need you to do is sit back. I encourage you, grab a pad and pencil and get ready to take notes as we talk about everything business right here on the Weekly Business Hour. And I'm super excited to start off the new year, plus my first time back in three or four months. We've got Keith O'Connor. He is the founder and uh, with uh, Closing Strong. Uh, Keith, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. I want to start off, though. I want you to tell people who you are. Keith, you've got a wonderful background. You're a business coach, mentor currently, but tell us what all went into getting you to this point with Closing Strong. Well, Rick, Closing Strong is um, based upon, I've got about 35 years working for eight different entrepreneurs, working at businesses starting at about a million dollars, growing them to 20 to 40 million dollars. And 
about uh, a few years ago, I actually had, had a time where the last business I was working for closed. And I had to find out whether or not uh, you, what it is I really wanted to do. And what I decided is I'd like to help small businesses. And I'd like to help them grow. So that's really the genesis of Closing Strong. We're here to help existing businesses grow. And when you say existing businesses, small businesses in that range of 10 to 40 million, a uh, million to 40 million? Actually, small businesses from about a half million to about 20 million is, is our core here. The reason why I say uh, existing businesses is because, as you know, a startup business basically needs to do anything they can to get customers and get money. It's, it's a really uh, random testing piece. When we talk about an existing business, they've been successful, they have customers, they, they likely have employees, and now it's a matter of how do I maximize what I have for my goal, for my end return. Yeah, you make a great point because once you have it up and where you can sustain yourself more or less, right. I personally agree with you 100%. That's kind of the critical, really critical, if you had to choose, period, in the growth of a business is to put it all to work in the most efficient, effective manner. Absolutely. Uh, it's very interesting. Well, you have been deeply involved, uh, from my perspective, in, uh, in developing this concept of the personal purpose, uh, personal purpose process. Uh, you've actually written a book with a good friend of ours, mutual mm -hmm. friend, Monty Pendleton. Tell us about the book and what precipitated you to write that book. Well, in a, in a quick story, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next after uh, my last job, I was driving my son to college and uh, for his first year and doing the usual dad stuff, saying, You've got to find out what things give you energy. You've got to, you know, it's not so important what your degree is in as much as you learn how to learn. And of course, he was ignoring me like 18-year-olds do on the drive. But on the way back, I started thinking that nobody ever really ever said that to me. Different time, different place. And so uh, I talked to Monty, our friend, and he introduced me to the personal purpose process. And after going through the process, I had great clarity about what I wanted to do, what I was trying to accomplish. And my output from the personal purpose process is what, is what caused me to start my coaching business a few years ago. That's interesting. I, I've personally dealt with the personal uh, purpose process uh, through Monty, like you. Uh, in fact, when I uh, first joined our organization, the Silver Fox Advisors, about roughly 15 years ago, I guess now, 12, 15 years ago, uh, I attended a seminar where he spoke to over 100 people and uh, went through some of the basics of that. Mm -hmm. And I, like you, I sat there and I said, wow, this is really, really, as they would say, good stuff. I mean, it connected uh, some dots for me, quite frankly. Right. And what was clarifying for me is um, as I was trying to figure out what I, w I was going to do next, I had great clarity into what I did what I could do, and what people would pay me a lot of money to do. But I threw all that aside in the personal purpose process and said, what do I want to do? Because I don't just want to keep doing things that are not fulfilling for me, regardless of what they're paying me, and then suddenly hit some age where I declare myself to be retired and have no idea what to do next. Yeah, you make a wonderful point there, because putting purpose into what we do which is something in my practice and one best consultant is the Silver Fox, 
I try to introduce that to clients. Uh, sometimes it's hard. And I don't know. Do you find it hard sometimes to get them to sit still <laughs> I do. and go through the process? I, I do. In fact, uh, I'm, like you, I know a lot of times we get called in for strategic planning, right? And they'll come in and say, I want to create a vision for my company because I read a book that told me I have to. I want to come up with a strategy because it makes sense that I don't want to work year to year. And so they'll talk about their ideas, and I'll ask them, why? Because I think as business owners, when we start our businesses, we're all excited about something we want to achieve. But as our businesses start to succeed, it becomes more about employees, benefits, payroll, sales, adding a new customer. And we get so caught up in the transactions that we forget what we were trying to do in the first place. And so the personal purpose isn't really inventing anything, but helping remind you as to what you were trying to accomplish in the first place and make sure you end up where you want to end up. You know, keeping your eye on the ball, if you will. Exactly. Uh, it's difficult. You're exactly right. Uh, as someone who started, built and sold, or bought, built, and sold uh, several businesses, the, you're exactly right. You're, you're watching all the transactional things. I like that word used in that context of the day-to-day -day execution and not looking at, okay, where I really want to go. And is this, this sounds a little bit selfish. It's about where I as the owner want to go. Right. It's accepting that. Uh, look, here's one of the things that's wonderful about entrepreneurs in the United States. They are, as a group, among the most generous people I've ever seen. How many entrepreneurs have you seen stay up all night because they can't afford to give their employees the raise they want to give them, right? Or adding some new benefit or add free lunches or worried about the annual Christmas party when they may be barely making enough money to keep the business afloat, right? So it becomes a matter of saying, if you don't take care of the business first, you can't take care of employees. If you can't take care of yourself first, then you have the worst job in the world and you're gonna burn out. No, that's, you, you make an excellent point. And I, your, your examples, uh, I've been there and done that, making payroll, things like that, that uh, you do. You, you, you stay up all night or lose sleep, uh, you stay focused, you look for better ways to do it. And it's just a constant challenge. Uh, even after you build the business, then you're trying to develop employees but it's always focused on what I'll call the day-to-day -day of getting to the next day. Even if you're being successful, even if you've got money in the bank, you're still grinding through the transactional. And I found it difficult for myself initially, but when I'm working with people to get them to step out and focus on themselves, um, or, you know, there's an expression I'm searching for, you know, focus on the business, but, you know, step away and do your planning, even planning. Right. which is a, more of a transactional thing, and I'm going to talk about a little bit later in this program but on marketing for the new year, but uh, it's hard to get people to do that. You might be referring to work on your business, not in your business. Right. Is that the phrase? Right. You know, I think it's really, what you're saying is really true, and actually what happens is that as we start to become successful, like I, I had one woman at one of my workshops who came in and, and, and I said, why did you start your business? And she said, so I could st spend more time with my kids. And she was about three years in. I said, how's that going? And she goes, well, in about five more years, I think I'll be there. And because I'm a little sarcastic, I said, well, are those, are, is it going to be these kids you're going to spend more time with? Or are you going to get some more after, after you get yourself balanced? 
And she had a look of shock and realization on her face. And she began to realize that she was accomplishing all the things that business books and coaches and mentors tell you you need to be doing and completely forgot why she started the business in the first place. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and again, I've, I've found that time and time again. So let me ask you the question. What do you do? How do you get through to, to a client or an individual, someone in a workshop? How do you get through to them and say, hey, this is really important, important enough to, to kind of set down your pen, pencil, your order book, whatever you got in your hand, Mr. or Mrs. Business Person, and step back and take some time and dig into this? Well, I, I will tell you that um, my clients have told me they believe well over three-quarters of the people who operate small businesses have this problem. They also acknowledge that only a small percentage are willing to admit it because they're worried about the cost, the program, the training. But you know what it, it really is, is it's a very personal thing and it's a very simple thing. You have to be able to answer the question, why? One of the other dangers that takes place, we've all heard about KPIs in our business. The most consistent KPI that everybody runs is their financials. But if your financials are the only KPIs you run, when you look to make future planning, all you can do is make it more. And more is not a thing. Right? And you find that penetrates. And it penetrates. And so uh, I you know, blatantly just talk, uh, when I talk to people about, are you happy? Because once your business is mature, once you've proven to yourself that you can run a successful business and start one, once you've proven yourself that you can have happy customers, take care of your employees, pay all your bills and make some money. And if you're not happy, what you've designed yourself into is the worst job in the world. And those are also companies that tend to have plateaued because the owner finds, finds themselves in a spiritual battle with the company because there's what they want to do and there's what the company wants to have. And what we talk about in personal purpose is when you figure out what you want to do, because you're the owner, you have the right to align the business to make sure you get what you need also, not only, but also. And when you're, you, you do that, you're far more genuine and more people will align with you easier and everything just gets smoother. And, and I'll add as we kind of close this first uh, segment of the show, I think that you will find that you feel more successful day in and day out. You're happier. Amen. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're already to the end of our first segment in our discussion with Keith Ocano. I hope you'll stay with us. We're going to come back and, you know, many people in small business think they've just bought a job when they started a business. We'll kind of dig into that and some of the other aspects of the personal purpose itself and how this process can make you happier and more successful. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-6242. 
888-382-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Second Saturday Divorce Workshop provides unbiased information to help you understand your options and move forward with your life. This divorce workshop is for you if you are contemplating divorce, in the process of divorce, already filed for divorce, or post-divorce. You will explore the emotional, legal, and financial aspects of divorce from professionals who have guided others through divorce. For more information on this divorce workshop, contact SecondSaturdayWoodlands.com or call 832-375-0900. It's all about business on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and we're having a what I consider a great conversation with our good friend Keith Ocano, founder of Closing Strong. He's a business coach and mentor. And with a mutual friend of ours, Monty Pendleton, Keith has written a book, Personal Pers- Purpose Process. I'll get it out. Personal Purpose Process, the three Ps. And we're going to start talking about that a little more. But before we do, I, I mentioned uh, to Keith during the break this idea that as a small business owner, I'm just buying myself a job. In fact, during the holidays, I read a piece about that, and it comments from different people that looking back, that's all they got out of what they did is they moved from being an employee, which had its benefits, so to speak, uh, and, and bought themselves a job so they could stay up all night worrying about payroll or where they can get another benefit and try to motivate and keep their people happy and uh, encouraged. That's all it is. And uh, I thought that was such a horrible place to be in 10, 20, 30 years down the road to say, that's what I accomplished. I bought myself a job. So, And that's actually the phenomena we're talking about. And to be fair and clear, not all business owners find themselves in this spot. Some have maintained their eyes on the price and have gotten there. But whether you've uh, bought yourself a job, so to speak, or grown yourself into a job you're uncomfortable with. Here's one of the keys. As our company grows, we're very aware that the person who was our sales manager before may not be good enough to be the sales manager again, right? Or the person who was building our products or shipping our products may need to up their game. Well, have you ever thought about the fact that as the owner and CEO, you have to up your game also? 
And, and fortunately, you have the blessing of not having to be able to do everything yourself, but you need to work your organization so you can continue to do the things that you're best at and bring the right talent around you to make that happen. And that keeps you from just buying a job where you feel you have to have the answers for everybody around you. A business can only grow as far as a leader has capacity to take it. Well, and you make a great point because history is full of business owners who start businesses but can't transition into that next stage as the business grows. Right. I'm talking about they personally. The business is there, the products are there, the customers are there, but they, for whatever reasons, and there are many, in my opinion, don't make that step. A few of them recognize that and they bring somebody in, but I also believe to a certain extent that's not really all the time necessary. They just are not growing themselves. And let's talk about that. One of the things, the points you make uh, in the book, in the personal uh, purpose process, is uh, the idea of becoming a role model. Okay, most if not all of us have heard the expression role model, right? Uh, if your father or mother be a role model for your children, uh, role model in the community and whatnot, but what is the context that you're talking about role model as you develop and grow your business? Well, especially in smaller businesses, let's say 200 people and below, people have the opportunity to know the owner, recognize the owner, and take a look at their behavior and demeanor. And there are two poles there. One is what your boss tells you, and the second is what you see the owner demonstrating. And most people will work toward congruency with the owner. So if the owner is first one in, last one out, it tells people that, that working, working hard and long hours is the way to get ahead. If the owner is the last one in and the first one out, it tells people that there are other ways to become successful and they try to figure those things out too, right? So being a role model, number one, is the easiest way of demonstrating what it takes to get ahead in your company. And I think so often business people don't recognize that visible uh, nature that they exhibit uh, and how it imprints on people and how people perceive it. Right, and it's not just ours. It's um, when you say our employees come first, but you don't, you can't even recognize the employees in your company. Um, it's, it's a matter of finding your strengths, aligning them with your values, right? And a little bit, we can talk about that maybe a little later, but if the values in your company are not yours, they don't work anyway. So if you're somebody who genuinely cares about people and you walk around and talk about them and let them know that, then that's a practice you should have. If there are certain aspects of the business like quality that you want to do your own personal look at, that tells people what's important. But if you think on time shipping is important and yet you allow it to continue to go on you're telling everybody in the company that what we're putting on our posters and what's what's true in real life are, are not the same you know and and you make an excellent point because it's not just one step you've got to connect each one of those things your your personal uh goals if you will or your personal purpose with the values of the company and then implementation and follow through Right, and that's where the personal purpose comes through because before you, what it helps you do is clarify exactly what your priorities and values are. Right? If, if, if we were to come back and say, Here, here's my own personal experience, 
Most times when I look at a company's value, honesty and integrity is up there. Most of the companies I've run, we've never said honesty, integrity. It was assumed. The only company actually that I put honesty, integrity on their, uh, on their values was a company I was hired to come in and turn around. And the biggest thing they were known for was being dishonest and never following through, <laughs> right? So, so values, it's kind of interesting because to some point, they're, um, they're, they're a little bit things you hope to become someday. But it has to be realistic in the first place. If you can't be it to a large degree right now today, then it's not really worth putting up there because you're describing some company that doesn't actually exist. Let me offer an observation on that. Is it would seem to me that, you know, in life, if we are true to ourselves, there's different expressions, true to ourselves, if we are who we are. In other words, and in this case, we take our values what our purpose is that is truly us as and I'm speaking as an owner of a business and then translate that so to speak down into the company it's a lot easier for me to live every day because <laughs> I'm doing and and my business is aligned with what I think I mean it just seems like it'd be a lot easier than being the company being something totally different than I am or just you know uh, that's absolutely true uh, one of my clients has a uh, has a value that I love. It says, "It's never make a customer wait or wonder." Okay, like and it. and that implements itself in a lot of ways through down the through the company, and you'll see it in the way uh, everybody's handled. I've it's it's a manufacturing company, and when I've come in to visit in the lobby, I've seen uh, craftsmen. I've I, you know I, I've seen workers just stop and ask who I am and who I can be helped, just in case I might happen to be a customer. When I'm walking around the, pl the plant, people will stop and ask me if I would like to know what they're doing, right? Not what am I doing, but what they're doing. So there's a whole host type atmosphere. There's a whole communication type atmosphere that's already built in. Now, if that was something the owner had read in a magazine, then that would be much harder. But this is really the spirit of the man who owns the company. And what he's done is rather than hire people who don't believe this and try to train them into being it, he hired people who believe it in the first place. And so that part of his values and his company structure, he doesn't have to have any rules for People already know what to do. Yeah. And, you know, isn't it a wonderful feeling to walk into a business, any business, and you really it's, you get a sense as a customer or a consultant or a vendor or someone from the outside that this is a well-run company. Yes. And you walk through the company you just described, and I guarantee you that if we went and looked at the financials and the other KPIs and things, we're going to find a well-run company. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. And, and it also depends on what you mean by a well-run company. You were just talking about the point when someone has a business who's growing. And uh, I've spoken to clients, I'm sure you have too, that said, okay, well, I want to go national. I say, okay, but then comes that question. Why? Because today, you can walk around your shop, you can put your hands on everything, you can touch and see all those things. Uh, there's a nonprofit I work at uh, that's, that's a prison ministry or that, that I volunteer for, and they have the same issues. Well, let's go national. Why? Because it's a good thing to do. Okay, it's a good thing to do. 
But today, the way you're structured is to allow a handful of people to have very, very strong control through local observation. If you go national, you can't work that way anymore. So sometimes you have to make a decision as to what makes you happy. Do you really want to be the guy in the closet that the only thing they see are reports? Which is what a CEO does. not The only thing you talk about are financials, are acquisitions, or mergers, are you know, development of, of new products. If that's, if, but uh, there are people who really get excited by getting their hands on with a customer. That's someone who should consider, as you've said, maybe bringing somebody else in or if they don't want to turn over that control, maybe they should learn how to be happy with who they are and understanding where they are as a product of their decisions. You know, uh, we've got just a, a little bit of time, a minute or so. One of the things that I have found is kind of extend that idea out. When I'm talking to somebody, particularly if they're thinking about going into business, but even if they are in business and they express the unhappiness or you get to that point where it comes out, is, well, is this the kind of business that you really want to be in. In other words, if I'm a guy that likes working in the closet, use your example, reading reports, what am I doing with a public relations oriented? <laughs> well, you know, where right. a lot of customers got a counter, uh, where people come in and buy things, whatever. Uh, and I see that happen. They, it's the product or the idea, the process of the business. And they say, well, that's great. My buddy's making a lot of money doing that. And I'm going to go do that. Absolutely. Uh, and especially tradespeople like plumbers, electricians, they say, well, I'm going to go in business for myself. But they really, really don't like the business side of it, of keeping track of things, billing, collecting, all the things, going to the bank, uh, and so on and so forth. And it's, it's a dead end for them. And those are a lot of the people that you and I get calls from. And, um, you know, when I started my own business, what I, the, the, my three values in the business was, number one, to help people, to have fun and make money, okay? When somebody comes in, I'm not trying to sign them up as a client. I'm trying to help them figure out what it is that makes them happy. And there's a lot of cases, either I'm not the right person or they're chasing the wrong path. And so we, we, we don't even start with that because if I can't help, I don't wanna waste your time. Makes a lot of sense. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of today's uh, conversation with Keith Ocano, the founder of Closing Strong. Uh, and when we get together again next week, we're going to talk about how faith, among other things, plays an important role in building your personal purpose and getting into this process and going through it. Make sure you're in the right place with your business. Second half of the show today, I hope you'll stick around. We've got in our Did You Know series, I will talk about the proper use of rewards to motivate your employees. And in my one best consult tip of the week, entitled Happy New Year, how's your marketing plan look for 2020? Just a simple reminder and a couple of ideas that I think that would help you going forward into our new year. So please stay with us and we'll be right back with you. talk on the weekly business hour every monday at 11 a.m right here on lone star community radio don't forget to download the lone star community radio app from your google play or apple store bring montgomery county's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet if you are in the conroe area tune in on fm 
That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone. Addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information, Extension Programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Well, welcome back. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour. This is Rick Schisler. I'm your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. And I want to mention before we get into our content for the second half of the show is if you'd like to sponsor the show you're listening today and you have a business, particularly in the greater Montgomery County area where we broadcast from, uh, please contact me. Just reach out to Rick, R-I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com. That's right here at the radio station. I'll provide you some material. You'll see how sponsorships are really beneficial to our local businesses. So please consider sponsoring our show. Also, I want to remind you that a podcast or a videocast of today's show will be posted on YouTube on the Weekly Business Hour channel, along with many, many other social media sites. So that'll be posted by Wednesday. So if you miss part of the show or you just want to re-watch and listen, it'll be available there for you to utilize. Did you know? I love doing the did you know. I look for topics and I read, uh, talk to people, I watch television, listen to radio, and uh, I hear things that I feel, based on my experience over 40 plus years as a small business owner, uh, that might be beneficial to you. And what I want to talk about today is did you know there's a right and wrong way to reward your employees? In other words, every effort that we put into our business, we want to maximize or we should want to maximize our effort. Um, Many times we invest money and we look for a return on investment, even if you don't calculate it from a financial modeling point of view, but you put a dollar in, you want to get at least a dollar 10 back, right? Well, the same thing applies to benefits. And one of the benefits that you, even the smallest business with a handful of employees uh, can use uh, is motivate your people with rewards. And But you need to understand it. It's just not a matter of giving them a piece of candy because they did a good job. And there are three things, I think, that you really want to accomplish when you reward people if you want to maximize the motivation, maximize the effort. The first is uh, you want to use incentive awards. These are awards that people know that are available 
if they do an exceptional job or if they meet certain goals. Uh, these are things that you talk about, that people work towards in whatever their job is on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. The second thing is that you want to give recognition for the accomplishment of these goals, of these incentives. But you also want to give recognition, in my opinion, in, in general, for any kind of achievement. This could be five years at the company. Recognize that. It could be the fact that they went to school at, at night and they got some kind of certification or degree or, or whatnot. Achievements of even the family of your employees. They have a, a son or daughter that's going to college or was the high school valedictorian or even you know played on a winning sports team, any kind of things. And particularly, I encourage you to look for opportunities to recognize people for their achievement in serving their community. Uh, many times people say, well, we separate work and, and outside activities. People come through. I had a, uh, somebody I considered one of the best salespeople I've ever been around in my life. And one of the things he taught me is when you walk across the threshold of the business every morning, leave your personal life behind. Uh, he was really talking about if you had troubles at home. But the idea being is there's a separation. I don't think there is. I think people are working. They're trying to earn money for their families whoever that might be, and uh, the fact that you recognize their achievements and create that atmosphere. But that's something, again, that you have to decide yourself. And the third thing is the leadership attitude. That's the attitude that you exemplify on a daily, hourly basis. And we talked a little bit about that in our conversation with Keith O'Connor. People who work for you are going to look to you for an example, to understand what they are required to do, what's expected, what they can achieve, all kinds of things. So you have to have a leadership attitude and using rewards to exemplify that you're a good leader or great leader, uh, if you so choose, uh, it's very important that you coordinate all that. I want to mention something as a kind of a postscript or an asterisk. If you have people who are underperforming that aren't reaching their goals, then you need to, to address that as well. And uh, a little more difficult and challenge, but you need to have coaching, mentoring, classes, whatever you can do. If you feel someone's worth the investment and they're really got their heart in the job, but they're not meeting the goals, then work with them. And you've got to do that. That's just as important as rewarding your top performers. Again, rewards program is you create it, even a small business with a handful of employees. You may not be able to give out large bonuses uh, that some companies do uh, as rewards, but there are things you can do and examples. Extra vacation day, time off. People are always looking for time off. It typically ranks in the top three of what people are looking for in a job is the ability to take care of their personal business, to be with their families, to do the things they want to do. It's most particularly important to the younger people in your workforce. Uh, work from home options. Many companies are going that direction. Uh, they're working from home, certain positions, certain jobs, uh, maybe a day a week. That seems to be real popular. It gives people a chance not to go through the traffic and fight their way to work, whatever the situation. Uh, but that requires some work to design and implement that program. Casual dress, you know, that, what, 10, 15 years ago, it was uh, Fridays were designated as casual dress days. Uh, it's something they can do. Gift cards. 
I mean, you can't walk in a grocery store or a drug store. They're selling gift cards to all kinds of businesses. A simple $25, $50 gift card that you can offer as an incentive. Uh, <laughs> this is the one I love. Is the, is the giveaways, as I call them. That's the T-shirt, the hat, things with the company's name on it. I feel this is one of the most overlooked areas. Yes, we see them around, but I think on a regular basis, giving people a shirt to wear, giving a shirt for their family, for their children, a cap, all kinds of things are available out there. It's one of the most powerful ways to motivate people to do a better job. Privileged parking, I almost hate to mention that. Gosh, I can't tell you how many times in my career we've had a situation, well, I they're in my parking place, this, that. But the idea is if you've got a larger workforce, you're going to have some parking that's closer than others. So, you know, it's there. When you create your recognition program for your employees, there's some things that, that you need to consider. And, and this is one I read about, and I'd never really carefully thought through this. Try to do your recognition. In other words, when you stand up and announce that Helen produced the most widgets this week and she gets a reward because she exceeded goal by 20%, do that during office hours. You know, I am guilty of this. I always thought people wanted to go out and celebrate after hours. Well, let's say, you know, and, and you have your annual holiday Christmas party, and that's kind of different. But still, if you look at how many people attend, who attends, who you're going to see that certain people are unable or perhaps unwilling, but I consider it more unable to attend things after hours. So make your recognition at key times during the day. Okay, stop production. Ask everybody to gather around. Use email in certain circumstances to just give a simple, hey, attaboy type thing to John because he sold the most widgets this month. But again, consider how, when, and where that you're going to recognize people. And it's important that people know, particularly when you have incentives, they specifically know what the criteria Okay, what steps do they have to take to win the award? It's happened to me. I'm guilty where I had someone that was fairly new to the business. And the first time we came around with the quarterly uh, goals and people were rewarded for exceeding those goals. And this person absolutely fell apart because they said, I didn't know you had to do that. I didn't understand that. I think there was a little bit on both sides. I think it had been explained. I think it had been uh, a sheet had been given to them but they didn't quite buy in it. But when they saw other people getting the award, it made them jealous and they wanted to be involved and wanted to vest in it. So be sure you explain to people they need to clearly know what they have to do to get the incentive. The bigger the award, the bigger the recognition, the more important that is. Let me, Because you don't want people fighting over a trip to Hawaii because you create negative feelings and you ruin most, if not all, of the effort that you put into it. Be sure that your recognition encourages the behavior that you're looking for, okay? It's not always about selling more or producing more. It could be accidents on the job, reduction, elimination. I was involved in a business once in my career. We went 22 months in a factory situation, custom fabrication with electrical, cutting, all these risks, painting, and we went 22 months without any accidents, but we put an incentive plan in, and it definitely saved the company thousands of dollars. Plus, it created a stronger camaraderie, if you will, of the employees there. 
So it was a neat program. It was well done. I had a very small part in it, but the managers of that location put it together, and it was outstanding. So it's not hard to do. didn't cost a lot of money, but it had a tremendous impact on the productivity of the business. So be sure you don't. And also make sure that these incentive programs tie all the way back to your vision statement, the values of the company. I know that's a hard thing for some folks to understand, but if you have gone to the trouble to instill values, to put values in a mission statement or a vision statement, is there more popular today, some similarities there, and people, you've got the posters on the wall, whatever, and people understand this is what's expected, so why not? Why would you not have incentive programs that tie back? So, in other words, we go without an accident. We're a great company. This is a great place to, to work. Be sure you make that connection in your incentive awards. It's very important. One last thing I'd like to mention, and this is uh, the recognition of people who volunteer. Some companies have programs in the company where company employees, especially large companies, where the employees will give a day at a certain nonprofit and provide labor or assistance and, uh, or an intern or something like that. And I think that's important. It's a good thing to do, but it takes a lot of effort and it takes somebody to design that that really uh, knows what they're doing. On the other hand, employees volunteer their time outside the business and they receive recognition. It could be their church. It could be uh, at a hospital. It could be but when they get recognition or when they have done this and you find out that they've given five years on a weekly basis volunteering, then why not recognize that? You might even give them an, what I call an off-the-cuff award, right? Maybe an extra day's vacation. Again, no written program that says that, but you're awarding good behavior that ties back. That behavior ties back to the values of your company. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easy thing to do. It's not expensive. But that way you've got your eyes and ears open to what your people are doing outside the business. Because, right, just as we talked with Keith earlier, you're looking for people whose values fall in line with yours and the business. And that's what's important. And if this is important to you to volunteer, if your business to be seen to be a complete member of the community, as I call it, and be involved in supporting the community through nonprofit activities, I can't think of a better way to do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's how to keep employees motivated with rewards. That's my take on it. I hope that's helpful. Again, I remind you that if you have a question, if you want to talk a little bit more about awards and motivation, rewards, uh, just send me an email. It's simple. One, the number one, bestconsult at gmail.com. Very simple to do that. And I want to remind you, once again, there's a podcast, a video cast of the program posted on Wednesdays all over social media, but particularly you go to YouTube, you go to OneBestConsult.com website, you come to Our Lone Star, the radio station here, everywhere you want to go, it's convenient to re-listen to the program. We're going to take our final break of the day, and then I'm going to come back and talk to you what I consider my Happy New Year message. How is your marketing plan look for 2020? So stay with us and I'll be right back with you. Not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business? Listen to the weekly business hour on Lone Star Community Radio. 
Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. You are listening to the Weekly Business Hour. This is Rick Schisler again. Uh, this is our final segment. We're going to be a little short, but I want to talk to you about your marketing uh, we've had a full program today, and I appreciate that. But I think marketing going into 2020, hopefully you've already completed your marketing plan. Uh, but, you know, it's something that I believe, and I hopefully you do, you tweak. But I'm going to kind of give you a quick checklist. I've got five items to kind of check back on your marketing plan. I'm sure it's handy there in the drawer file on your computer. Um, I think what people I have found in working with people, the first thing that people really miss when they do a marketing plan, and it's like any other project or job, is they really don't take the time to do the research. That even if you're a small business, you got one employee, five employees, you, if you really truly are going to commit to a marketing plan, which I think you need to do, and it doesn't have to be 50 pages, it can be two or three pages, but you're still going to have to commit to doing some research if you want the information, the goals you set to have any real chance of being successful. Because again, like I mentioned in the last segment, you want to do something that is the most effective, gives you the highest rate of return for you and your business. And in order to do that with any kind of planning, you've got to do some research. So market research, I start with financials. I look at three years. I analyze the business. Now, many times a business owner, if you've been at this for five, 10 years or more, you know your financials on the top of your head. I love to work with people. I had a general manager one time. Any day of the month, he could tell me what his profit was going to be at the end of the month based on where he was then. And he didn't need to wait for financials at the end of the month. And he was pretty, he was pretty damn accurate because he kept track of expenses and everything. So it's, uh, you may have that information. But be sure you commit to having it written down in front of you. Just don't go on your gut. I see that happen too often, and many times it leads to inaccurate uh, estimation and numbers that reflect themselves in the marketing plan. Be sure you look at each product or service that you provide. If you're a plumber, you offer several major services. I saw one this morning, water heaters. You, you need to look at 
what you've been doing with water heaters, what's it going to take if you want to increase it, if you've got good margins. Break it down by product lines. If you run a variety of store and you've got 500, 1,000 or more items on the shelves, I get it. You don't want to go to and evaluate each product. But look at certain types of products. Look at certain opportunities to take some of your shelf space and convert it over to something else. Again, it takes time. I encourage you to take the time and write it down, what you're committing. In other words, all your assumptions, you want to retain what you were thinking at this moment, you create the plan so when you check back next month, three months, six months, a year later, you know why you made that assumption. Third thing I think is important is uh, to have an organizational chart in your business. Now, if you only have a handful of employees, you're not going to have a chart, and I understand that. But have an organization because sometimes having people in key positions and having the right people obviously will maximize your efforts and this relates to marketing in other words if you have a shipping department that barely is able to get your current sales out the door then why would you project a 10 percent or a 5 percent or 20 percent increase in sales and make no changes in this in your shipping department and that's why you want to take a quick check off against your structure, and how your business flows. Fourth thing is understanding the marketplace. Now, this kind of gets out there. I mean, competitors, your geographical boundaries, the type of customers you sell to. I like to do the old ABC on customers. A is the best client, best customer. C is the worst, and there's a way to break that down. Be glad to share it with you if you want to contact me uh, through email. Your distribution channels, new products and services that are coming into the market. Again, it takes time. It's time to think where you got to kind of stop, push back from the day-to-day and think about all these things. And the last one, uh, (laughs) people have a hard time with this, and I have seen it. uh, Gosh, I can't tell you how many books I've read and how many seminars and webinars I've seen, but is the idea that you need to survey your customers. You've got to be willing to talk to them about why they're buying your products and services, what motivates them, what causes them to buy, what causes them to stay with you. And I find businesses very shy to ask those questions. And as an owner, I typically want to ask them firsthand. I don't want to hire someone to do it. Now, again, a bigger enterprise, yes, you can hire a marketing firm. But the idea is that you're talking to your customers. I personally believe that's something you need to be doing every day. You know, my grandfather started a business where the main flow it was a counter where people came in was in the morning and the evening. So he told, taught me at seven in the morning he was there. When they opened, he was there at seven in the evening. But if he had a personal situation, an errand, a dentist appointment, he took it in the middle of the day. You've got to talk to your customers. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I need to wrap it up. We're at the end of today's show, and I encourage you, again, check out our pod video cast at uh, the weekly business hour it's all over social media it's there for you to peruse at your convenience and i would encourage you to join us again next week Uh, we're going to have keith o'connor back part two of our conversation about personal purpose touch on faith so please stay with us and as always always do what's important in your business keep your focus there and have a wonderful week thanks